Welcome to Modern Musings, conversations with the maiden, mother, and crone, looking at ourselves and the world through the lens of the 21st century. Hi, and welcome back. I'm your hostess, Cindy Murray, and I am here today with my co-hosts, Amber Jones and Kristen Hessler. Hello. And uh, if you have been here before and listened to us we're glad you came back and if this is a new if you're a new listener uh welcome we are three women who have different points of view and we have discussions on a variety of topics and we hope you'll sit back and enjoy the conversation today we are having a discussion today about a movie that i just watched last night uh, which is I Heart Huckabees. And Kristen and Amber have been on me for a long time because I had never watched this movie. Like 20 years. Yeah, like for 20 years. They've been after me about watching this movie. So um, is it actually 20 years old? Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. 20, 20, 2004. Okay. Well, anyway, I had not watched it and so they were after me so we decided to do a podcast about it and so they made me watch it and I will say that was a great movie I enjoyed it thoroughly um I laughed through a lot of it but I also could relate to a lot of it Mm -hmm. um even the first scene um and and if I have any spoilers here there may be spoilers uh, I think it's old enough that if there's spoilers, go watch it first and then and then listen to the podcast. But um, I recommend that you go watch it. Like just, yeah, just watch, watch it. Go watch, watch it. Anyway. Watch it. Yeah. You can get it on just about. Uh, we but, watched on Apple TV. You can probably yeah. get on Amazon it was a, Prime. It was a or cheap something. rent. Yeah. Um, um, so so anyway, it um, even the first scene, as I was fixing to say, it I could relate to because he's walking along in this little uh meadow or a marsh i think he's in a marsh and and he's just cussing his in his head he's he's going over in his head all these things um he's mad at somebody it's obvious and he's just cussing and cussing and cussing and talking about i should just quit no you can't quit i should just quit no you can't quit and i i've i can relate to that conversation in my head um many times but um the, the main character, Albert, is having an existential crisis of sorts. He, um, he sees a, a coincidence and that happens three times, and he's curious if it has meaning. And so he goes to these existential detectives to help him figure it out. And the movie is kind of about him and his rival, And they're both kind of having these crises and trying to get down to the root of what their problem is. And it's very interesting to me because it it talks, um, I I see a lot of things uh, in it um, like mirroring and triggers that we talk about often in, in the podcast and in, and in healing and, and mental um, mental well-being, you know, topics and things. And so it, it was very interesting to me to watch it from that point of view and understanding 
what he's actually going through and why he's going through these things and and recognizing personality types that I recognize in the different characters of the movie. And um, so I, I got a lot out of it, more, more so in reaffirmations of the things that I believe and um, how things kind of uh, affect you that you don't, re- that I don't believe in coincidences, I guess is the point. Um, and there's, there's actually differing viewpoints in the movie where um, the existential detectives uh, try to tell him that the, the coincidences may be nothing. And then, but they actually have a, a rival themselves who believes that nothing is connected. They, they, they believe that everything is connected. So they're kind of transcendentalist um, in some ways, but they're also, but they're, they're rival she believes that nothing is connected. Everything is independent. Um, and so I, I'm interested what you guys think, because I kind of tend to be of the mind that everything is connected in some way. You know, I believe in the six degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, um, even though as humans, we're all kind of unique and we go our, we have free will and things. There are, things that connect us to everything else. And Mm -hmm. so we are all connected in some way. And the things that we do have rippling effects on the rest of the world. You know, it's kind of almost like the butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. You, you, you can't always know what the effects of what you do are going to be, but you can guarantee that there will be some kind of ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I tend to believe that also that uh, everything is connected in some way and uh, everything is predetermined in some way. And like when I talk about tarot cards and stuff like that, it's like um, you're on like a path and you follow a path. Now you can deviate from this path. And then your path changes. So yeah. like uh, everything is predetermined, but you can make decisions that change the determination. Okay. Okay. So you both believe in existentialism versus nihilism. Yes. I, I do not believe in nihilism. I don't either. Um, I don't think I could live in a nothing nihilism. world with nothing. With and where nothing is. Right. Doomsdayishness. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for those of you who are not familiar um, with the philosophy, these are different philosophies. Nihilism, uh, which can also be pronounced nihilism, nihilism um, yeah. which is how they pronounce it in the movie. And I was like, what? I've always, I always thought it was nihilism. Um, it is actually pronounced both ways. Uh, is the rejection of all religious and moral principles in the belief that life is meaningless. And I... I just absolutely do not believe it's that. It's not I even do, doomsday. It's just meaningless. Meaningless. Because yes. Doomsday pointless. would have a meaning even right. too. Just and a and so meaning. I I don't. Yeah. yeah, I can't buy into that. I think there is meaning to life. Um, 
we may not know exactly what that meaning is, but I believe there is. Um, and I don't know, there's, there's a lot of different theories. Um, I'm not sure I believe any of the other stuff either. I mean, uh, I'm not entirely a transcendentalist either because, um, I don't think that people are naturally good. And, you know, the, the transcendentalists believe that, that people and nature are inherently good. Um, and so I, and they don't believe in heaven. Now, I don't know if I believe in heaven the way some people believe in heaven. I believe in it probably a little differently, but, um, so I don't think I'm really a transcendentalist either. So are you talking about existentialist or transcendentalist? Transcendentalist. I'm, I'm just kind of going through some different things because the, in the wiki description of the, uh, the existential detectives, mm -hmm. um, they are a, they are a combination of romantic and transcendentalist. Which, cause she even, yeah, she talks about how, the husband's, or I'm assuming it's his yeah. husband, her partner. Yes. So anyway, there's there's lots of philosophies in here. And uh, like I said, there's the nihilism. There's transcendentalism. Uh, there's a mention of, uh, I mean, they don't name them by name in the in the movie, but they. Except for nihilism. <laughs> well, except yeah. for the nihilism. Um, but the their principles are discussed in, in different ways. Um, romanticism, and then there's also existentialism. They did talk about they were existential detectives. And so it's a, a f existentialism is a um, phil philosophical uh, theory that they ask what is the meaning or that's their, their search is for the meaning in life. It's like the ultimate truth of oneself. Right. Yes. That's a better, I, I'm having a word, having a hard word day today. So, <laughs> so um, but yeah, so, um, so that, that like when people go through an existential crisis, they're often having anxiety or whatever and dread because the world seems like crazy and they want to know the reason why it's so weird or so absurd. And, and so that's what existentialism is kind of exploring those questions of meaning and, and why we are here. And so, um, so anyway, there's, there's all these different theories that they're talking about. And I don't know, it was just very interesting because they talked about some of their theories in the movie about how they could take things apart. I, I was particularly interested in the, the scenes where, uh, well, they used uh, sensory deprivation to get mm -hmm. to uh, where you could face certain traumas and things like that. And, but they did this really interesting um, visual effect where they, the, um, one of the detectives played by Dustin Hoffman is talking to the main character, Albert, and talking about how uh, really in reality we are so close to each other that we really don't have our the, the oh they're space, talking about the cracks the you cracks and the space yeah, between the space us because between the cracks right and so so 
what is the end of me and the beginning of you, there really is no end of me and beginning of you. They're like, um, like the molecules or whatever are so closely touching or whatever. We're so interconnected that there really is no end of me, beginning of you. They're just kind of Right. There's space within the people space. People think of where there's air, there's nothing, and they but think there's of not this nothing. person's body and this person's body, yes. and there's this space in between. But technically, your bodies are both touching the air, right. and therefore it's just the molecules of air in between you. Right. Everything is touching. Everything is touching, yeah. We Everything is connected. We are all literally connected. So I am touching something that's touching something that's touching something that's mm-hmm. touching someone in China. If yeah. you think about it that yeah. way. And it, and just like I was talking about like the um it's kind of like we're all related. The 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 <laughs> 6 degrees of separation, yeah. you know, there's I'm connected to someone who's connected to someone who's connected to someone who's connected to someone in China. Mm-hmm. Um or um the butterfly effect. Someone in China can step on a butterfly and it makes shockwaves ripple effect across the world. And, you know, all of these things, you know, they're kind of addressed in that, in that movie in some form or fashion Mm -hmm. or another. And, and it was, it it was a really interesting um, movie because I was watching it after having read Eckhart Tolle and, and other things. And, we had this discussion between you guys, how you watched it when you were in college, right? High yeah, school or college? Yeah, it was like, college. yeah, I was basically like 21 yeah. years And old how it struck you differently or... now after you've read Eckhart Tolle and how it struck you back then. Right. It The movie made sense to me then. And I identified with the characters and I liked the story and I was very into philosophy just as much then as I am now. And um, so I've always liked the movie and it's very unique. I just, I don't think of any other movie that approaches philosophy in a story format or any format. (laughs) And so that to me was very striking. It's very different. And then on top of that, um, you know, the characters, how they are developed, they're all very unique, but they're all very similar. They're going through a process and they come to understand each other in this movie. And I watched it probably a hundred times and mm-hmm. then I didn't watch it for many years. And then we finally get a chance to watch it again after reading Eckhart Tolle. And I was like, wow, I even understand this movie on a different level. Right. I can appreciate it even more after reading Eckhart Tolle because now I understand what it's like to be in your ego or to um, hate someone because they're so similar to you Mm -hmm. or feel threatened by somebody, you know, because that was one of the things like that Albert was going through was, you know, the things that he loved and held dearly he was threatened um by the other character his, yeah his nemesis know, his or nemesis whatever. Yeah. and but they were the same and yeah. they were very similar and they were both going through this same like process in their life where they were losing something that they loved and that was really important to them and they were really trying hard to keep on to it and um it didn't take albert 
understanding that the other guy was going through the same thing until he literally saw his grief mirrored in him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like I probably didn't capture that as much because all I saw was Albert got revenge at the end. But now I saw that through his revenge... He realized. He understood right. what happened, and he felt bad. Yeah, he did. Yeah, about he did. what happened. Yeah. yeah. and But, yeah, I did see, and it's like I was talking about earlier, you know, kind of mentioned briefly about mirroring and triggering. And, and it's, you know, one of those uh, theories that what triggers us is because it's reflecting back to us Mm -hmm. something that's inside us so if you get mad at the girl who talks too much and won't shut up and let you get a word in edgewise maybe it's because you are that girl who also talks and doesn't you know you're it's triggering you because you either are that person or because someone didn't let you talk Mm -hmm. you know so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a it's a mirror but sometimes it's one way or the other yeah yeah yeah. um well the blanket theory this is one of the things that oh yeah the character that dustin hoffman plays um is helping albert understand um his experience and uh, before he gets in that chamber, he talks about this blanket and he pulls out like this big sheet and he says like, this is you and this is me. Like on this other side of the blanket, like he's got his mm-hmm. hand under the blanket and he's like, we're all part of the blanket. And Albert's like, well, what hap- what's on the outside of the blanket? And he goes, more blanket. You know, it's yeah. infinite. Yes, right. Right. And um, he says, you know, this is the Eiffel Tower and this is a hammer and, you know, this is this feeling and emotion and, and me and you. And he said, um, when you get the blanket thing, you can relax. Because everything you could ever want or be, you already have and are. And we talk about that and a we lot. We do. Yeah. And that actually, when I listened to that, when I was uh, watching it yesterday, I thought, oh my gosh, that's like manifesting. Like It's because it's the law of attraction. It is yeah. so close to me, I could touch it. Yes. I could have it. Yes. it. It's you the law of attraction because life. you have to live and believe yeah. as though yeah. you already have it. And then knowing that I can relax. I don't have to worry about it because it's right there. Right. It's at the fingertips. Right. Yeah, it's just, um, it's sad that most people don't feel that way or they act differently than they feel and the movie also explores that like um the nemesis at one point in the movie one of the most famous quotes probably from the movie he says um they talk about being yourself and he says how am I not myself yeah and then they start repeating what he said they say how am I not myself how am, how I, am not? I not myself yeah. How am I not myself? And he begins to doubt himself and they show him that he's fake. Yeah. Like he's living this fake life, putting on a show, trying to make people like him. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Well, and he, he was successful at it, but that's a well, hard yeah. task to keep up. Well, yeah. yeah, he was successful at it, but he had to like, and one of the things that it shows is that he tells this same story about Shania Twain over and over right. and over, and everybody loves hearing that story, but it's just, uh, and he does it to the point where he doesn't even realize that he's, that done it. Yeah. he's t- saying this same story over and over because it's a story that makes him feel good about himself and it shows that like he had some kind of power over Shania Twain yeah. in this story but then they point out to him that like you don't have anything else yeah. you just have this one story so you're not being yourself if you were yeah. being yourself you would have more than one story and i think the irony is is i don't think that story is even true Oh, no, well, no, 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 did you not? Well, yeah, yeah, Towards the end of the movie, she was like, it was tofu tuna. Yeah, exactly. You know, it wasn't wasn't even even a real story, but he told it so many times that he believed it. Yeah, he made it into a real story. Yeah, and then that I think that's when he realized, like, oh. I'm oh. like everything is a lie. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Well, he, he his whole like, life was who a lie. even yeah. am I? But yeah, you know, I we am fake. we all do that to some extent because we are different people when we're around different people, and you know, we put on a different face. We put on a different put on a face. Different... We put on a show. We try to be the person that we think other people want us to be instead of being our own true authentic syndrome. self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or we have imposter syndrome. Yeah, and. And in some ways, Albert was doing the same thing. He was. Well, yeah, he was sneaking pictures of himself in the, uh, so people would notice him. Yeah. And uh, so he was trying to be Brad, but he was being unsuccessful at right. it. And so there, therefore, both of them were the same, but um, Brad was more successful at what he was trying to right. be. But... At the but same in time, different he ways. Wasn't no, successful. he wasn't. He, in the end, he didn't. So win. the whole time, Albert is jealous of Brad for a what fake, he has, like a fake but, show. But, but it's it fake. wasn't even real. It's not real. No, it was like yeah. a life that he built so he and, could get up. And in Brad the felt threatened by Albert and was trying to undermine him because that was he his only be, way yeah. to climb the corporate ladder, and and so that was. And the, and even the other the other characters the the Mark Wahlberg character and the um, oh, I can't remember her name uh, Naomi Watts Naomi Watts character was the she was the model mm-hmm. and and she realized she was always pretty but she didn't feel pretty yeah and she always felt like she had to be pretty and she had to be pretty and she had to act a certain way and she was the voice and the talent of of all their commercials and, and she, that wasn't her true authentic self. Mm-hmm. And, and it, and even those people, you know, were not living their true authentic selves. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg was in a relationship with someone that didn't. Was more materialistic than mm-hmm. he was. And, and he's like an anti petroleum industry thing, you know, and he's like, totally against uh you know fast fashion and anything created by petroleum products he didn't want to ride in a vehicle um 
there's a lot of bike riding. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot, of, are, bike riding. There's really, a lot uh, of bike riding. really ironic because he's a firefighter. And, yeah. And, you know, like, yeah. those are one of the big gas-guzzling vehicles. Right. But he was, in the movie, he was at that point where he was breaking he was down. just... Yeah. And getting to, like, the root of who he really was. Yeah. And that's when you see uh, people refused. in your life starting to kind of, like, fall out because you butt heads. Yeah. But his, people his, want you to be his who life they want wasn't you to be. in alignment with him anymore. So even though, mm-hmm. you know, he still was going to work, he was not, you know, it wasn't the job for him because he couldn't. He right. didn't believe in getting in the fire truck and, um, you know. Well, and his, his, his he relationships. He blew up his relationship with his wife and his, his job. child. Yeah. Um, and his job. And, and, and that happens a lot when people make major changes in their lives and start to become uh, more true to themselves and, and try to, um, you know, be more authentic. The people in their lives often fight against that and you you hear about um like diet sabotagers you know that like people start to lose weight and then suddenly their family members try to sabotage them because they feel threatened by the change of the person having the diet or whatever you know and so they don't want you to lose weight because you might not want them anymore or they don't want you they are threatened by it because they're afraid you're going to make them eat differently right, their way or whatever. going to be changed. Right. And so people often fight that. And that was, that was another kind of aspect of that movie was that he was facing that, um, you know, being true to himself, but he was actually trying to change his wife, but she wasn't having any of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you were talking about people drop out of your life. Yeah, that, that often they say, does happen. Like, I don't even know who you are anymore. That's them. That's their ego. That's their ego not wanting to let go of who you are. And because you're trying to be your, your own authentic self. They want you to be who yeah. they want you to be. Yeah. I think the moral of that story is that it's okay People come and go in your life. Oh, absolutely. And you will find your soul tribe yeah, in when, the process. And and in the end, he does. He, he yeah. does. He finds someone who... Actually, everybody under- had a happy ending in the end. Uh, I think so, too. Yeah. Except Brad. Did he? Well, he came to terms with Albert and... Well, that's true. Well, yeah, they... Um, that's true. They reconciled. Yeah. He came to terms with himself. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. true. That's true. So yeah, I um I think I think a lot of this is a lot of it is about being your your own authentic self and and um being who you are and not letting other people dictate who you are and that and that was actually a big lesson both Albert and um Brad learned uh Albert's went back to his childhood when he was told he couldn't be emotional, he couldn't have feelings. And he realized that that was who he was. He had been repressing his feelings for a long time because he was told that, you know, kind of like big boys don't cry kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And, um, and so, and then Brad also was dealing with, with issues of love and shame from his family and 
And so he had to come to terms with that being who he was. So, yeah. Yeah. It was, I think it was very interesting. So would you recommend the movie to anybody else? I do. I do. Um, I, I would tell them to go into it with a, a, a little bit of awareness that it, uh, it's, it's not your traditional, um, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's very philosophical. It is. It has its own entertainment value. It does. It's um, a comedy, but it's a, a darker comedy. Yeah, yeah. A thinking I agree. comedy. Yeah, I think um, they when they describe it themselves, they call it. Uh, I'm trying to remember what they call it. An existential comedy. That's what they call it. An existential comedy. They call okay. it an existential like comedy. So. Um, I do. I think you have to be aware that there's some some topics there that are like you might not agree with the the theories or whatever. But um, yeah, I think it was. It's definitely not for kids. There are some scenes. Oh yeah, the first word out of the uh, there's language movie yeah. is a cuss like, word. Yeah. Well, the first like first 15. 15, 20 words. Yeah, <laughs> and it is a movie that you will have to think when you watch it. Like um. If you scroll on your phone or you're doing other things, then you'll miss a lot of oh, yeah. things it, in the movie. You can't it's do anything those, else like while a, you're watching it. I don't think you have to kind of, it moves pretty quickly and, and little things are going on and the, I don't know. It's yeah. You have to pay attention to it, but it's definitely, definitely worth a watch. It's, I think yeah, so. it's, yeah, it's worth it. Definitely. I think so. too. One of my favorites. So, um, what was, what was your biggest takeaway from it, Amber, from that movie? What is the biggest takeaway that you have from that? Um, my biggest takeaway is that uh, we should all be our authentic selves. Like, um, it's only hurting you in the end yeah. if you are not your authentic self, if you are wasting your life putting on a show for other people. Mm -hmm. Your life is not about you. It's about that other person that right. you're trying to impress. I, I had, um, <clears throat> when, when you say that it makes, it brings me back to your wedding. And, um, I know some people question some of your choices for the wedding. And yet I think you had one of the most beautiful weddings I have seen mm -hmm. in a, I mean, in a long time, it was gorgeous and it was totally you, or it felt like to me that it was totally authentically you. And I know some of the choices that you made, some people had, um, been worried that it wouldn't work. Wouldn't worried that it or, wouldn't work. It would clash or, or wasn't traditional. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I will laugh at, at the one fine example of that is your, um, life size, cut out of Edgar Allan Poe who stood in the corner <laughs> at the wedding um, at the reception um, so I really think you know you were trying you know you gave a great example of being your authentic well, self and how it you know really and your your decor in your home with you and Jason is you know, very and it, it took me many years to be I mean I've always kind of been my authentic self you know, as, but it took me many years to, I want to say that this podcast has like really 
helped me it come has. out of the come out of my shell because I was afraid to talk my feelings mm-hmm. and put myself out there. Mm-hmm. And so stepping into this podcast has really like brought me out of my shell. But like um I realized that the older I get, it's time wasted if you're not your authentic self. I I agree. Absolutely. Like um and yeah, a lot of those choices that I made for my wedding I um, was like, uh, I, I would like think, well, what are people going to think about this? But then in the end, I realized that I didn't care because it's my wedding mm-hmm. and it's my day and it's about me. And if anybody had anything to say about it, they could write me a letter or whatever. They could <laughs> just not say anything. They right. could just put put it in the suggestion box of how to b- have a better wedding. But, um, you know, it was just like I wasn't... And I had put myself through the ringer when I started planning it, worrying about what people were thinking and mm-hmm. listening to too many people's opinions. Yep, and then, I remember that. And then I sat back and I realized I was just like, no, nah, man... This is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it. I want to have these are the colors that make me happy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have these colors. I want to wear untraditional wedding shoes. I want to do this and do that and color my hair purple. So, my goodness, I'm going to do it. Right. And I, like I said, I think it was absolutely beautiful. And it was very you. It was, it was uniquely you. But mm-hmm. it was like one of the most, I, I even now look back at the pictures and I'm just like, that was stunning. Yeah. It was stunning. And and it's not things that I would have chosen, but I can see you in them mm-hmm. and it was stunningly beautiful. And so I think that's, you know, when you, when you go with your gut instinct, your own authentic self, mm-hmm. things turn out better than you could ever imagine they would. And yeah, and and you're a lot happier. Oh yeah. If uh, if if you do the things the way that you want to do them, you're a lot happier. And I definitely didn't do the things that way. Yeah. At um in my first wedding, I didn't do the things the way that I wanted to do them. I did like quick and easy mm-hmm. and cheap. And this time, you know, I may have spent a little bit more money than people are normally willing to spend on food and I may have spent a little bit more money than people are willing to spend on cake or DJ or whatever. But, um, in the end, I think it turned out perfectly. Right. Well, and I had a similar experience with my, my home decor, uh, you know, that I remodeled my living room and stuff. And I had a lot of people going, uh, you know, first off, my husband, when the first time I painted one of my walls brown, and he was like, no, that's too dark. That's too dark. And so I went, I listened to him, and I went and got a lighter color of paint, and we painted the wall, and I looked at it, and I went, that's not what I imagined. And even at that point, he agreed, that doesn't look as good as, and so we went back and bought the darker color of paint and repainted the wall. And then when I started, um, that was the first time I painted in there. And then when we remodeled everything, I put in the crown molding and the base, the tall baseboards and, um, that, you know, people were trying to tell me, Oh, but 
there people are taking the the crown molding out of their houses now and they're getting rid of the tall baseboards and and they're they they're going to different colors of paint and and I was like I don't care this is what I want and so I had them put in the crown molding and I put in the tall tall baseboards and they're white on top of the color um you know the brown walls and then the um white trim and then my other walls are like a what would you call that an a light ocean blue a tropical blue tiffany Tiffany blue maybe yeah and um and people you know the the people that were are you sure you want to do that are you sure you want to do that and then now everybody comes in and tells me how stunning it is. Oh, yeah. It's it's a showpiece room for sure. And and I'm like, I just went with what my authentic self wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And I love the way it turned out. So, yeah. Why do I have to do what everybody else wants? It's my house. I'm the one who lives in it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's comfortable to me. And you want your space to be that way. Yeah. Yeah, my husband laughed at my uh, zebra print bar stools, but I get so many compliments on them. <laughs> you know, it's it's a very eclectic looking room. I don't even know how to explain it, but it but I get a lot of compliments because it looks really cool. So, yeah. So, what about you? What was your big takeaway, Kristen? Probably my big takeaway is that and this probably wasn't really like talked about in the movie much like they they briefly covered it but then they never like really circle back mm-hmm. albert originally went to the existentialist to find out why he was having a coincidence he wanted yes. to figure out why he kept bumping into this guy and um they wanted to you know, take him through the philosophy of what existentialism was. And uh, they went into places that he didn't want to go to um, because he was like, don't go to my work. It's a sticky situation there. I don't want to talk about my work. And um, don't go to my home with my parents or whatever. Yeah. He 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 actually lied to them about his parents. Yeah, he did. He, he didn't want to face the real issues and, he was like, you know, his life was kind of crumbling around him because he wasn't being successful at his job and his parents were not happy with the fact that his job wasn't successful and um, he was lonely. Yes. And, uh, like, he was very lonely. Like, he even said he was lonely. And, but he was, like, obsessed with trying to find meaning out of something that, didn't have meaning and so he was really just focused on that and immediately like they were like there's coincidences that have nothing they're really just that was the point that it was just coincidence just coincidence and that was the first thing she told him like right when he met her was it's probably just a coincidence but let's look at all these other things and i think like he was ignoring the real problems and putting all his energy into, into something three, that coincidence to yeah. give it purpose. Because I think a lot of times when 
we're upset with something, we like to put blame or reasoning behind something. And it's like something that we can grasp onto mm-hmm. so that we can not focus on the to things that are bothering us. us. To, yeah. And I think us. that was really like what was going on with Albert was he was just clinging on to something that would feel like it had purpose because he felt like he had no purpose. And... I mean, he went through the ringer because even in the end, like, everything that he had strived for was unsuccessful. And he still never got an answer to his question about, you know, whether that coincidence was a coincidence or what the meaning was. But he felt a lot more relaxed because he knew that no matter what, everything was connected. And as you're watching the movie... There was coincidence, mm-hmm. and all of everything was coincidence. The reason that he bumped into all of these people, and the reason why uh, Jude Law's character and Naomi Watts' character got involved in the first place was a coincidence, and it brought it full circle because by those characters getting to their existential crisis and then identifying their true selves it resolved his true self so mm-hmm. literally the african guy as he called him he was like a a sudan Sudanese. refugee Sudanese. uh he that he kept bumping into he was like the the uh, catalyst of the story and so as a viewer it was no coincidence right but in albert's mm-hmm. life it was right the point of the African guy in the in the movie is so that you have a connection to Albert's story mm-hmm. because you see that it wasn't a coincidence, but Albert never sees that because it's just a little minor part of his story. Right. Whereas like that, but it's the butterfly effect. Yeah. That's literally all of that stuff that was going on was all of these dominoes falling into place because this thing happened this action happened and then this action happened and they went to go eat dinner at this family's house and they weren't like on the same page but who knows maybe after that dinner they started to think about their lives differently and it caused a chain reaction right so there is no coincidences well and that goes back to a thought that i've had for a long time and and you'll probably remember this because we've had this discussion m night Shyamalan signs Yes. And it was the same thing. I had I had a friend when the, that movie first came out, he went to go see it. It's marketed as a sci-fi movie, or that was what he thought he was going to see. And he comes back and he's like um, talking about all the things that are wrong with it, like these, the aliens that are afraid of water, but they're walking around in the cornfields, which are usually pretty wet and things like that. And it's like, but but that movie wasn't about sci-fi. It was about coincidences and signs. And I've, you know, in the, if you watch that movie, everything in there is a sign. It happens it for a reason. It happens for a reason. Every single thing that happens happens for a reason. And that's you know that's kind of the way i look at life mm-hmm. it, you know we do have freedom of free, freedom of choice mm-hmm. but at the same time there are certain things like like aber was talking about that are predestined along your life that are going to happen no matter what 
but the path you get to get to that point sometimes changes. And so it, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. There are no coincidences. Right. So, um, just to take this on like a different route or similar Mm -hmm. kind of philosophy, the hermetic philosophies, like the principles. Yes. One of them is cause and effect. Right. So I believe there is cause and effect. For every cause, there is an effect. And for every effect, there is a cause. So when this thing happens, it makes this happen, which makes that thing happen. So everything is a cause. And in a sense, everything is an effect also. Right. And I, you know, I do believe that. And, you know, we talk, this was a fundamental um, difference that my husband and I have because, um, and a lot of people do this, like they, they believe that people don't take accountability if they want to blame someone for what happened. And, and I'm not talking about saying I'm a, I'm a, an ex murdering thief because my parents beat me. You know, I'm not talking about that. But I am saying that those things that happen to you change who you are. And so there is, um, you are predisposed to do certain things because of things that happened to you in your past. It goes back to that mirrors and triggers thing. You know, it triggers you. What you do with it afterwards, that is, that is the difference. You, you know, you don't. You don't have to react in the same way, but the trigger is still there. Does that make sense? Yes. And the cool thing is, is that, and then that maybe a lot of people don't realize is that your effect, how it affects you is the cause for something else. Whether you act in a positive way or a negative way, it's going to affect someone else. else. Yes. And, and so everything is, you know, we're conditioned to behave certain ways. We're conditioned to react certain ways. So there is always cause and effect. Nothing happens for a coincidence. Everything happens for a reason. And nothing happens for no reason. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I am absolutely not a nihilist. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, any okay. further thoughts, anyone, no. or no. Um, any thoughts? I would like to know uh, what our listeners think. Have you watched the movie? Um, what are your philosophic views? Do you believe in uh, coincidences, or do you think everything is a sign? Is there everything is a cause and effect? Um, are you a nihilist? Are you a transcendentalist? Do you think everyone's innately good? Or, um, you know, there's, there's lots of different philosophical views. I'd like to know what yours are. Go over to the MMC chat, our chat group on Facebook, and we'd love to have you join in a conversation over there. Tell us what you think. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just interested what other people think. If anyone saw anything different than what we saw there or or if you took you had a different takeaway from that movie mm-hmm. um i'd or like other to, movies or yeah, other movies if you have yeah, another movie other that movies? you want uh, us to watch and talk because about especially sure. if it's philosophy based like that yeah i do like philosophies so um philosophical discussions i i don't 
pretend that I am in the know and know everything. I like to debate those philosophies. I do like to debate those philosophies. So um, what is up next week? Next week, we are talking about women in music and female rockers. Oh, awesome. That's one of my favorite topics. <laughs> okay. Well, um, before we go, we'd like to thank um, Creative Audio Tech and Cake Mix Studios for our lovely, lovely theme music and our gear that we borrow from them. Um, and... We'd like to thank our listeners for coming back week after week. We have new podcasts every Wednesday. We hope you'll join us again. And don't forget to check out our blog at modernmusings.net. We have, uh, hopefully we're back to blogging on a more regular basis now. Uh, we had a short hiatus for while some family issues went on. and But hopefully we'll get back into that. And... Always, always, always chatting on the MMC Chat Facebook group. So that's it for this week, and we'll be back next week. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.